Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. President Cyril Ramaphosa says South Africa needs about 1.5 trillion rands over the next five years for its plans to cut carbon emissions, harness economic opportunities from the energy transition and support affected communities. Ramaphosa was speaking ahead of his departure of the COP27 climate talks, which start today in Sham el-Sheikh in Egypt. At the last COP uh, summit, Western nations pledged around one-tenth of that amount amount toward South Africa's just energy transition from coal to cleaner energy such as solar and wind. Ramaphosa says for more, ca- uh, more cash, a lot more cash is required than what has been committed. Zulega Kodashe reports. President Cyril Ramaphosa will take a 163-page just transition investment plan to the international funders at COP27 in Egypt. The five-year plan aims to move the country from the current high carbon emissions from electricity generation to cleaner sources of energy. It also seeks to close the gap in the current electricity deficit. The president will have to convince investors that the country has what it takes to deliver on its just energy transition plan. South Africa has been battling to deal with its energy crisis, despite billions of rands spent on improving its power generation capacity. We face a shortfall in electricity supply, which has caused our economy immense damage and continues to destroy jobs and livelihoods. It's put a number of businesses in great difficulty. Some have had to shut down. So this is a real crisis. And its enormity is widespread throughout the country. The other overbearing crisis is that we face unacceptable levels of poverty, unemployment, and inequality, which strain the very fabric of our society in ways that are just so heavy on the people of our country. And thirdly, we face the critical and urgent threat of climate change the effects of which we are already experiencing in South Africa. Ramaphosa says the country needs more than what's been given and this will be top of his agenda at COP27 in Egypt. The scale of funding that is required to achieve our country's ambition is significantly higher, much higher than the funding that has been offered through the Just Energy Transition Partnership that we launched together with our international partners at COP26. Uh, We're working with our international partners to identify additional funding. The president says South Africa's energy transition plan is like no other and will leave no one behind. He also criticized developed countries for the empty promises they made at the summit held in Paris. We have seen the more developed economies, particularly in this period of this conflict between Russia and the Ukraine, moving more and more towards utilizing fossil fuels, which it is said the whole world should move away from. And we've seen them, even going back to utilization uh, and some of them reopening of some of their coal-fired power stations, But we also remember that the promise that was put out in Paris that they would make available up to $100 billion a year so that all of us can transit uh, 
in a much more effective way in terms of the support that we need, uh, the mitigation that should be there, and how we should adapt. That that promise was never really fulfilled. Next week, Ramaphosa will join other heads of state and governments in Egypt for the Summit of World Leaders. I'm Zoleka Kodashem in Johannesburg. This is the subject of our Sunday morning discussion. Joining me for this conversation is Liz McDade, spokesperson of the environmental group, The Green Connection, and Professor Patrick Bond from the University of Johannesburg joins me as well for this conversation. And good morning to you both. Appreciate your time with, with us, us. Uh, on SAFM. Let's, let, let's start with you, uh, 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 Prof, Prof Bond, and, and uh, thank you for your time as well. Just, just briefly give us a sense of... Of what of, of what we're referring to when we talk about the the just energy transition, and what the key considerations that a country such as ours that is still so heavily reliant upon coal upon fossil fuels, what this sort of thing actually means for us. Oh, it's so nice to be with you, with your listeners, with uh, Liz McDade, one of the great heroines of our of our time. Now, the the main thing about this just energy transition investment program that was announced on Friday and that will be sort of unveiled officially to the world uh, today and in the next days uh, will be the basis for further negotiations. You're right, up to uh, one and a half trillion rand. Um, the two good things, I mean, one is that the West has essentially uh, acknowledged uh, implicitly, it's not unfortunately explicit, but that they should be paying uh, an uh, extra amount to help countries, uh, let's say, compensate for not using fossil fuels, in our case, and Pumalanga coal. And that was an explicit request, the second good thing, from uh, the South African government that would, you know, basically to leave our fossil fuels unexploited. Mm. But um, on top of those two good things, that is a climate debt by the West, and again, explicitly, uh, not yet, but implicitly, the US, the UK, Germany, France, and the EU as a whole have said, okay, here's 8.5 billion. In the case of the US, um, which is over a billion dollars of 8.5, uh, they're just trying to, to make uh, ordinary uh, financial profits. They have a non-concession loan. And that's that's fairly typical of a, what we would call a neoliberal approach, just try to make money out of the out of the crisis by the people who caused the crisis. So I want to exclude the US for uh, praise. But um, for quite some time, we've, we've also been seeing activists in the West, in Europe especially, and you probably know the name Greta Thunberg, a wonderful young Swedish woman who's helping youth speak for themselves and for um, not just uh, their future generations, but for the South. And so in that sense, there's a more of a consciousness. But the bad things are pretty serious, which include we, we don't really yet have an ESCOM completely committed. In fact, that uh, voice note from, uh, or the, the uh, note from Mike from Newlands was typical, right? It was a, a sense that there's still in ESCOM an, a residual desire for the old engineering, namely coal-fired power plants. And in this case, I worry that um, the money will allow more money from ESCOM to be freed up for gas, methane gas, which is actually 85 times worse than CO2 when it leaks out over a 20-year period. Mm. And so that's one of the many things, I think we could go into a lot of details about why we shouldn't be accepting the devils in the details and $8.5 billion, uh, such as hard currency lending, uh, such mm. as the... Um, ongoing policies of, of ESCOM, which I don't think uh, it's controversial to say are actually racist. They're cutting off black townships much more rapidly than white townships. Um, there's also 
I think, amongst, uh, you know, the sort of people negotiating an old guard mentality. I'm thinking of a Reserve Bank uh, Deputy Governor, Daniel Manelli, who's in charge of it. I'm thinking of Presidential Climate Commission's uh, main commissioner, who used uh, Joanne Yawich, uh, who's been deployed to this 8.5 billion, and her role in, in the prior uh, COPs, the UN summits, like sure. the one starting today, has been, um, yeah, quite regrettable, uh, really putting South Africa at the, uh, on the back foot. And a final point, just quickly to get us going, I think South Africa owes a climate debt as well. We're the third highest emitter per person per unit of output. Our economy very, very dependent. And that's obviously uh, a few people at the very top. You can tell them by the color of their skins, the people who benefited. And I think they, and I include myself as a frequent flyer, we need to be um, actually uh, paying much, much more. And uh, the social cost of carbon, as it's called, compared to our carbon tax is vast. It's $3,000 per ton. We're only paying 30 cents a ton. Uh, and this is a sort of vast gulp uh, between the reality and some of the rhetoric we just heard that makes us uh, worried that we're not really on the right track after all. Mm -hmm. Liz, let me bring you into the conversation and thank you for your time uh, with us this morning on The Weekend View as well. What are you hoping to to hear from um, from COP2017 that, that gets underway uh, today? Just just broadly, and, and then we'll, we'll narrow it to, um, to, to, to the, the South Africa lens and what you're hoping, of course, you'll hear from, from the President Ramaphosa. Um, good morning to you and all your listeners, and um, yes, uh, greetings, Patrick. It's good to have experts like you on this panel. Um, yes, I, I think for me, for the for the Green Connection, we work at a community level. So when you see that we're on the 27th conference, that means for 27 years the world has been trying to negotiate around climate change. It's it's disturbing that we haven't got further. Mm. So we're quite cynical about what we're actually going to get. But I think the critical factor is that many of the companies that have extracted from us, you know, that we've been exporting coal to for the electricity sector, but also the totals, the shells, those big oil companies that have made a profit out of drilling, for example, in Nigeria, Mozambique, etc., they are not coming to the party with their billions to add it to the pot to help us to transfer and change and transition to clean energy, but they are rather coming to want to dig up more fossil fuels in the with the mystical promise that somehow this is good for Africa. And, and I think that as ordinary people, we are stuck and we need these kinds of national and international um, agreements and deals in order to move us along. But as the people on the ground, we need to be involved and have a say. And for example, the 8.5 billion um, deal which has been on the cards, on the cards, actually comes from last year. We still don't have that money, it seems. Um, has there's a plan been put together at cabinet, and that plan is going to Egypt. But we are only going to be consulted on that plan next year. So the process seems to be upside down, and the people of South Africa need to be involved because it's our future that's mm. at stake. We are the ones that bear the floods, the cost of the droughts, 
that is a result of climate change. So I think for me, the important things that we want out of this um, COP is the recognition that what's called loss and damage, the, the, the damage that we are going to face, there needs to be compensation for that. And if the just energy transition can be just, then there needs to be a lot more funding and commitment, um, as uh, Prop Bond was saying, a lot more commitment from those countries that have benefited from um, climate change to date, that they need to come up with packages that really help us move through. And that for, for people on the ground means we get electricity back and not mm. having load shedding. Mm-hmm. And, and just staying with, with you, Liz, um, we heard there uh, just the clips as well that, that we played from the, the President mm. Ramaphosa talking about uh, not, not leaving people behind. And, and to your point, just working at a, at a community level, that, that that engagement isn't isn't there. Um, I suppose, what is the best way, I suppose, to, to, to really get communities involved, whereas for m- many of us feel as though we we are at the mercy of, um, of, of these big institutions, of these um, big governments, of course, and, and their money. Um, and and we, talk about, we talk about the funding and we'll get to, to some of the, the conditions and what it should in fact look like if indeed this is going to, this is going to be just. But, but given where we are now and there have been a, a ton of delays, do you still feel that there is some sort of um, a gap or an opportunity for for the people's voice to be heard, for communities to be heard here? Well, I think that's what we have to push for. Um, So what the Green Connection has just literally done is we have sent a letter to the president on the eve of COP27 to remind him that he has not yet put in place the laws that were passed by Parliament in 2008 that would enable a plan to be developed every and tweaked every year, which such a plan has to be consulted. In other words, the people of South Africa have to have a say in that plan. And that's the plan that we believe should be driving the just transition that we should be involved in. But for reasons that we can't prove, of course, but seems political reasons have meant that that we have not been um, given that opportunity, and that piece of law has not been put into place. So we would say, let's get a plan so we know where we're transitioning to and that we're not at the mercy of various companies or governments that are now driving the agenda of mm. deciding where we as a country should transition to. We should have to say to that. I'm in conversation uh, with uh, Liz McDade, spokesperson of uh, the uh, environmental group, the Green Connection, as well as Professor Patrick Bond, uh, who joins us um, also from the University of Johannesburg. We'll continue with this conversation in a moment. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Good morning, SAFM. You're speaking with Vuisil. Um, I'm so worried because in a, a few years ago, uh, former President Jacob Zuma uh, was adamant or was saying that we must have nuclear energy. Nuclear energy, which is much cleaner energy, if, 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 if everything is taken into account properly, it's clean. It's a clean energy and it was going to save us a lot of money in the long run, meaning that we'll have 
the the energy available for us to go to uh, to undertake this fourth industrial revolution ipps will never be able to assist us with a fourth industrial revolution because they are so expensive with a little power output you get me so Manu Ramaphosa was sold lies by these people in Paris because Bona, they did develop their countries using coal and now they are using nuclear. All right, eight minutes to the top of the hour. Thank you for that voice note. And just two quick comments as well before I go back to my guest. Um, one says here, the so-called just energy transition is a manifestation of racism that would deny poor developing nations the same stepping stones that made rich nations rich. And another says here, the only thing more pathetic than paying ESCOM more for less electricity is paying foreigners for locally generated electricity and resources that we could do ourselves. I am still joined on the line by Liz McDade and Professor Patrick Bond. Let me come back to you, uh, uh, Professor, um, and, and let's talk about about the, 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 the funding, about the money aspect here. We know that uh, we, we it's, it's a partnership, essentially the likes, of course, of the, the UK, the French, um, the, the Germans are also uh, backing this as well. What what ultimately is, is in it for them? And, and um, how, how do we ensure or or, or, or strike, I suppose, a deal, if you will, that, that doesn't put, in particular, our most vulnerable in, in a far worse situation than what, than what they are already? Well, if you'd allow me to really be tough on the Western so-called partners, just for a moment, I think they um, often, um, you know, this is, a, this is a, a group of people whose ancestors ran slavery, colonialism, neocolonialism, and what we call neoliberalism, to squeeze uh, poor countries, especially from Africa. So what are they squeezing uh, us on now? Well, if I'm sitting in Washington or London or, or Paris or Frankfurt or Brussels, the five capitals, I want one thing from ESCOM. I want my money paid back. Now, what was the money? It was the Madupian Casile loans. That's the vast bulk of ESCOM's debt, 400 or so billion rand. And they want uh, Enoch Garanguana, our finance minister, to take that debt and put it onto the taxpayer instead of in ESCOM. And that'll happen in February unless there's um, there's a big protest. Uh, Enoch Conaguana last week said 267 billion rand might go up to 267 into the taxpayer. And that means more cuts on basic social programs, for example. And that's one thing that the West wants. It wants to be repaid. The critics say, well, wait a minute, you made loans to ESCOM knowing that state capture had begun, Hitachi had bribed, the African National Congress, not controversial, the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act found uh, that there was bribery where Hitachi paid, um, uh, well, 25% of its local shareholding to uh, Chancellor House. And at the time, uh, Vali Musa, who's now head of the Presidential Climate Commission, was the head of ESCOM. And the um, uh, the deals that then went down uh, through Madupi uh, gave us skorakoros that still break to the state and not finished. And so that's what we would call odious debt. And if you're the West, you want that debt repaid. And that's why you can, like a machinisa might, you know, lend more money mm. to pay back the interest on the old loans. Second, if you're Germany, if you're running um, a government, the Social Democratic Party with strong ties to the auto industry, uh, what you want is Mercedes, BMW and um, Volkswagen to export luxury uh, cars, uh, electric vehicles. Uh, so the NEVs, the new electricity, uh, new electric uh, vehicles are going to be a very big chunk, about 35% um, of the ultimate 1.5 trillion that's desired would be 
for uh, these luxury cars. You and I wouldn't be able to buy them. They're too expensive. And in any case, if we tried to fill up, it would be with coal-powered electricity. And we've had so many subsidies for these three companies and the others uh, in the auto sector. And they've been so slow to work uh, out the move to electric vehicles. I think it's an appalling use of that, that funding. Mm. And um, especially because Volkswagen, Mercedes, and BMW cheated on their emissions uh, between 2015 and 2021 many reports and many prosecutions of these three companies in Germany for being cheats. Now, this is just two of the ways I would sort of go to the negotiating table and say, shame on the West, shame on the especially U.S. for trying to get commercial rates. We're paying over 12 percent for uh, our bonds. So that's a huge profit for those bankers. Um, and then plus we uh, are essentially giving subsidies through this so-called just energy transition to some of the worst violators of the climate. So those would be the sorts of things when you ask, uh, what does the West get out of it? That's always the right question because the answer is unfortunate, uh, a tradition that goes back to slavery, colonialism, and, and uh, you know, extractive industry looting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Prof, let me, let me just stick to you briefly as well. I suppose the, the other question in addition is what, what, what do, um, or how can ordinary South Africans get, get the most out of it? And I wonder if, if one can answer this question now, given the, the, the very scant details about, um, about the, 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 the plan as it stands currently. Well, the main thing that South Africans are going to face is much higher uh, costs. Now, I, I think some of your uh, listeners who, who sent in those voice notes are a bit um, you know, they're a bit behind the times. They haven't looked at nuclear uh, dangers. And if you go to Fukushima in Japan in 2011 or Chernobyl in the old USSR in 1986 or uh, Three Mile Island in the U.S., three of the most advanced countries, the, the three most advanced countries had terrible accidents. So the, the actual cleanliness of a nuclear uh, reactor is exceptionally uh, controversial to argue. Um, and I think the higher cost of renewables is only true on the capital, in other words, once you put in the solar, the wind, and you get some storage, because it will be cloudy days and windless days, so you need the storage like pump storage or molten salt. These are the less invasive storage systems. Yeah, these will cost money up front, but then, of course, they run for free because they are taking renewable energy. It's from the sun, from the wind. You don't pay as you do with uh, coal. Also, we, we would be um, remiss not to say that if we burn a ton of coal, we're doing $3,000 damage per ton because of the effect on future generations, as well as, let's not forget, 2,200 people die per year from uh, the pollution of their air, their land, their water in Mpumalanga and Limpopo, where those coal mines and coal-fired power stations are. So I think the ordinary person in this country is really worried about the cost of living, about Andre de Reiter, ESCOM's head, putting on 32% higher rates. So to me, the, the, the way to argue this would be the kinds of, uh, let's say, strategies you find in Soweto. I know the Soweto Electricity Crisis Committee, and last month I spent a Saturday with them in a workshop, and it was extraordinary to get the sense that they are really demanding that they be immediate beneficiaries, um, and they've got vast debt. About 86% of the township isn't paying, and I think that's quite justified given how you know, ESCOM sure. messed them up and, and the bills aren't, you know, appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Prof, let me just interject. I just quickly want to get a parting shot hmm. from Liz, given that we, we are we are out of time as I well. Liz, Liz, to, to your um, earlier point that it's been uh, it's been 27 years, almost three decades that the, the world has been trying to to figure this this out, though. Are, are you optimistic, though, that that will eventually that will eventually get there? Uh, I suppose at some point or in fact, we're already at that point where we don't have a choice but to do so. So this is the issue. We don't have a choice, but who can adapt 
um, better. Uh, and, and the West and the rich countries are much able to cope with climate crises than we are. So these kinds of negotiations are now becoming more and more desperate from our side because we need that funding in order to ensure that we can adapt and that we can mitigate. So I think in terms of a parting shot, I think some of the, the voice notes and the, the, the listeners' comments indicate that what we need in South Africa is an understanding of energy planning so that we in South Africa, the people of South Africa, can decide whatever money comes to us, that we decide how it gets spent yeah. to ensure that into the future we are climate resilient and we are going along the development path that will not lead to more climate crises. Thank you very much, Liz McDade, spokesperson of the Green Connection, and Professor Patrick Bond from the University of Johannesburg. Thank you both for your time.